Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis. This is the Catholic podcast where you will discover spunk and motivation to live a vibrant and transformational life as a child of God. I'm Rochelle Lucero, and I invite you to walk with me as we dive into all the things that Jesus gave us to do just that. I'm talking about the Bible, Catholic tradition, church documents, the catechism, the saints, the fathers, the doctors of the church, you name it, and I'll draw from it. You and I together, we are going to transform the world by letting Christ transform us. Hey, what's up? Thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. As you heard in the introduction, my name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm your host. Today's episode is something that I think every Christian should listen to. So if you have Christian friends, Catholic friends, Orthodox friends, send them this episode. We're going to be talking about holiness. And this is a topic that I believe was placed on my heart to talk about by the Holy Spirit, which is pretty much true of almost all of my episodes. Holiness is something that we are all called to. We hear this word all the time in the faith. And we might not pay attention to what it really means because we use it so often and we use it for so many different things, you know? And sometimes because of that, because it's just like we're called to be holy and and there's all these different ways in which you can try to to pursue holiness and it's just, it, it consumes the whole of the Christian life. Sometimes I can find the idea of holiness a little bit daunting. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't want it. (laughs) I totally want it. I want to be numbered among the saints. And I want to be in heaven with Jesus. And I'm not going to give up on my pursuit of holiness. But some days, some days I really, really feel like I am on the struggle bus. And it feels like the ride is never ending. No, I cannot speak for you. But I am very suspicious that you have probably felt this way once in a while. And I say that because I've read the readings or the writings of the saints, and they all say something much more eloquent, but basically getting to the same point. (laughs) Now, in the catechism, if you want to read about holiness, you'll find from from episodes, from paragraphs 212 to 2... From paragraphs 2012 to 2016, they're going to focus on holiness. And if you want to read those paragraphs, you can find them on the website. Now, when you read those paragraphs, no one is going to blame you if you feel a little bit overwhelmed when you read things like perfection and saint and never stop going. And then you read words like mystery. You know, you're like, I need to be a perfect saint that never stops going, but it's a mystery, right? It can be a little bit overwhelming, but I have some really good news because holiness is something that you already possess. You are holy. And if you don't believe me, please let me have my say. And by the end of this episode, you might be whistling a different tune. But first, I want to introduce you to a quote by St. John Paul II, who is my spiritual father. He says that holiness is not perfection according to human criteria. It's not reserved for a small number of exceptional persons. It is for everyone. It's the Lord who brings us to holiness. When we are willing to collaborate in the salvation of the world for the glory of God, despite 
our sins, and our sometimes rebellious temperament. I love that. And I especially want to point out that last part where he says, despite our sin, because I think it's really important to address sin like early on in this episode, because sin is a major objection to the claim that we are holy, right? People will think, or they will tell you that you're not holy because you have done all these sins. You've committed all these sins. You might think yourself that you're not holy because you know how sinful that you are. But what I say to that is that sin doesn't make you unholy. That might be shocking. What I say is that sin makes you human and that the church has the means to help you grow in holiness by trampling personal sin through the sacraments because the sacraments themselves are holy. And the reason that the sacraments are holy is because they're part of the church. Now, the church isn't holy just because it's the church. The church is holy because she is part of the body of Christ in a real way. And she really and truly possesses his divine grace. The divine grace of Christ is part of the church. And that means that every individual member of the church also possesses the divine grace of Christ and therefore is also holy. So you, 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 you are part of the body of Christ, and that means you are holy. But let's back up and look at holiness according to God, right? It's always helpful to back up and go to the word of God and ask God, what are you talking about? Explain it to me like I am five years old. There's no shame in that. I do it all the time. (laughs) And he does. He explains it to me in ways that it's just like, oh, light bulb, right? And then like that all of a sudden turns into this like big profound thing that obviously is like a direct download from from the Lord himself. Anyways, so when we go back to scripture in the Old Testament, the Hebrew understanding of holiness is to be set apart. To be set apart is going to hold two meanings. It's a twofold meaning. First, to be set apart from the secular or the profane. Second, to be set apart for the service of God, right? So you're set apart from something and for something. And this is true of sacred objects, you know, things that we use in the liturgy, you know, anything that's on, you know, the altar or even like the gospel books, the the censer, anything, anything that we're going to use in the liturgy, right? These are considered sacred objects. They have been set apart from the world, right? So could you imagine like father carrying around the chalice that you use during the liturgy of the Eucharist at your parish's 4th of July barbecue, right? No, that would be absolutely ridiculous and a whole bunch of other things, but we would never see that and we would never expect to see that because we know that the chalice is set apart from the secular or profane and it is set apart for the service of God in the liturgy. People, people are also set apart. And not just a few exclusive people, like JP2 said, everyone, everyone is called to holiness, right? Everyone is set apart and people and sacred objects, they both have, okay, this, this might seem a little bit heady, but it is important. People and sacred objects both have an objective and a subjective set apartness. Now, what we were just talking about, like being set apart from the secular and set apart for the service of God, that's going to fall under the objective type of holiness or set apartness. And I like to say set apartness because it really focuses me on what the true understanding of holiness is rather than some 
like ambiguous term that we use so often that we like lose sight of its meaning, right? So that is objective holiness, right? To be set apart for the exclusive service of God. Okay. Now this is really cool because, you know, in the New Testament, right? Jesus comes to fulfill the Old Testament and he also brings more, right? There's always more when it comes to Jesus. He gives us more. And that's where the subjective holiness or subjective set-apartness comes in. When we go back to that metaphor of the body of Christ, which yes, it's a metaphor, but at the same time, it is actually and really and truly true. When we go back to that, we can see our subjective set-apartness because as members of the body of Christ, we literally and truly possess his divine grace. And we are also able through grace to practice moral virtue, which is also something that helps you become subjectively set apart. Now, as a child of God, you have both the objective holiness, which we talked about to be set apart from the secular and for the service of God, but you also have, right, that was the objective, but you also have the subjective holiness, which is to say that you are actually part of the body of Christ and you just possess a divine grace just because you are a child of God. And I'm not sure that many people realize that, right? They are holy because they are part of the body of Christ. And baptized children of God, I don't, I don't know how else, I don't want to, what am I trying to say? I can't stress this to you enough. Baptized children of God, we are set apart in such a real way that during the early church, you might already know this, but let me tell it anyways, because I love this. During the time of the early church, Anyone who was unbaptized and they were catechumens and they wanted to become Christian, right? So they'd be at the liturgy. But whenever the liturgy switched from the liturgy of the word to going into the liturgy of the Eucharist, they were not allowed to stay for that portion of the liturgy, right? They had to leave. They weren't allowed to witness the second part of the liturgy because the liturgy of the Eucharist is so holy. It is absolutely set apart. And the unbaptized were considered to be, quote, those of the world, right? They had not been set apart yet, right? They did not possess that divine grace. They weren't allowed to see it, be in the presence of it. Once they were baptized, of course, they would be. But that was just something that was so clear in the mind of the early church that holiness was to be set apart in, in an objective way as well as in a subjective way. I just think that's so cool. And sometimes I kind of wish we would do that now, right? But anyways, I digress. That's a whole nother topic. But I hope that this illustrates for you that to be holiness, to be holiness, to be holy means that you are not ordinary, but you're actually very extraordinary and that you stand out from a crowd when you're holy and not because of anything you do or because of the way you look or anything superficial, but because of who you are substantially, like your substance is holy. You possess the divine grace of God. And that makes you stand out, even if you don't want to. And holy means, holy, my goodness, holiness means that you don't fit in, right? When you're holy, you're not going to fit in if you're doing it right, right? If if you're doing it right, you are not going to be like part of the world. You you will have broken that mold, right? And that means you're also not going to mimic the culture because you're going to be mimicking Christ, right? And we see this concept echoed in scripture in the New Testament a lot. And here's just a couple examples. In John 15, we hear our Lord tell the disciples, you are not of the world, but I have chose you out of the world. 
St. Peter writes to the church and he says that you are a holy nation called out of darkness. St. Paul urges the Christians of Rome when he writes to them in chapter 12, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is my favorite scripture verse. And so I had to include it. You know that. Also, when we look at St. James in chapter four, he goes right to the point and he does not curb his tongue at all when he says, unfaithful creatures, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And you're like, okay, that was like a slap in the face. But what he's saying is super true, right? And then we also have to recall what Jesus commanded in Matthew 5. One of the instances where Jesus tells us, well, that is recorded in scripture where Jesus tells us, be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect. Now I want to draw your attention to something. None of these scriptures, if you noticed, linked being holy or linked holiness to being at the top of some sort of esteemed exclusive list or linked holiness to the miracles that you would perform or the role that you hold in the church or even how pious you are or how modestly you dressed or how much you pray and fast. Now, most all of these things are mentioned in scripture, but they are not mentioned in regard to holiness, what it means to be holy. And the moral here is that you should not disqualify yourself from holiness. Now, in moments when I feel daunted by holiness or I start to think I cannot do what the saints did, you know, I'll read, you know, things about their life and I'm like, I can't live the lifestyle they lived or even have the mindset that they had or my heart doesn't have the disposition that that theirs did. I rebuke that lie and I remember what Padre Pio said. Because Padre Pio, by the way, did all of those things, right? He performed countless miracles. He was like way super crazy bias. He had the stigmata and on and on, right? All of those things that we might think I need to do this or I need to be this in order to be holy. He had it all. And he, he didn't mention any of them when he was talking about holiness. St. Padre Pio said that the key to holiness is obedience and humility. And Father Benedict Rochelle said that a saint is someone who says yes to God and never stops saying yes. And that is an example of what humility and obedience look like, right? You humble yourself, you listen to God, you're obedient to God, and that also humbles you as well, right? You say yes to God and you never stop saying yes. And that's kind of what Jesus told us after he gave his Sermon on the Mount. I love that line where he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, right? He's basically saying, do what I tell you to do. And it's all going to work out, right? Say yes to me and never stop saying yes. Now in Christianity, the service of God, right? This obedience and this humility to serve God, it stems from our obedience to follow the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave us, right? which were to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And second is to love your neighbor as yourself, right? And then Jesus also tells his disciples in the gospel of John, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? Out of love for Jesus, we will be obedient 
and humbly carry out what he tells us to do. And there's also a quote by um, this French priest. You might know him. He's a Jesuit, and he's also an author, a very popular author. That would be uh, Jean-Pierre de Cousat, and I'm probably butchering his name because I don't speak French. Anyways, he's awesome, and to paraphrase what he has to say about holiness, he says that the holiest person is the one who loves the most. And when you understand love, you understand that that is not some like hallmark greeting type of love. That's some like obedient, humbling of the soul and of the will, you know, and transformative grace required in the heart to live that way, you know? And then when we look at Jesus, we look back at what he said and what he did, because that's the Christian life. It's about being conformed to Christ. Like we are being transformed to be more and more like him. And when we are trying to be more and more like him and we copy his life, we look at what he did, right? Out of love of the father, he was obedient unto death. And so we have to ask ourselves, will I do that? Will I do the same thing? And I myself am in this habit. Now, do I do it well? I don't know, but it is a habit and I'm noticing the benefits of it. I'm in the habit of asking, what is God asking of me in this moment? Will I be obedient in love in this moment? Will I be holy and set apart for God in this moment? And I recommend that you try it because that's what it is. It's We can get bogged down sometimes in this like the grandeur of life and God's plan for our salvation. God doesn't want us to be stressed out in that way. You know, he wants us to be present in the moment, right? Like the devil is the one who like calls your attention to other things outside of the present moment. And Jesus wants you to be present with him in the moment so he can answer these questions for you. Anyways, I recommend that you try it and I will include these questions on the website and there will be a link in the show notes to get to the page for this episode on the website. Anyways, all of this, if you notice that we've been covering, it builds on and it also simultaneously supports what we talked about in our previous episode about God's will, right? Isn't that like God's will and holiness? They're going to work in tandem, right? So I'll link that episode down in the show notes for you as well. Now, after all that, you better agree with what I say when I say that you are holy. I'm kidding, but kind of not really because you are holy. And to deny that you are holy, to deny that you are set apart by God is actually considered false humility. I know, right? Who wants to be guilty of false humility? And some people might say, well, to say I'm holy is like bragging and I'm not I'm not that type of person. I'm not a conceited person. I'm I'm not stuck up and people feel uncomfortable to claim their holiness. And if that's you or if someone mentions something to you, I offer to you the words of St. Paul. St. Paul says, let him who boasts, boast of the Lord. So when you say that you're holy, you're actually boasting in Christ and what he has done, right? And when you deny that you're holy, you're actually denying Christ and what he has done for you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I'm joking, but I'm serious, right? Like boasting Christ and what he has done. And some people might also ask, you know, or consider the fact that, well, if I say that I'm holy when I'm trying to like evangelize, like that's another issue. Like when we evangelize, I think we have a temptation to show like, I'm just like you. There's nothing dividing us. But I think that that is the wrong approach. Being who you are is actually, it's obviously more authentic. And I think it's actually more attractive 
there is something exclusive about holiness. There's an element of being extraordinary. And like I said, nobody wants to be commonplace and unremarkable. I believe that human beings all have an inherent knowing, you know, down in their soul that they were made special. They were made unique to be set apart for something extraordinary. Basically, I think in the human heart, we all know that we are called to be holy. We all know that we belong to God. And for us who are children of God, right, we've been baptized and we truly already are holy. Our job is to grow in holiness through humility and obedience. And that makes us more attractive to non-Christians and to non-practicing Christians. And I mean, come on, that is just good marketing, I think, you know, showing that there's something, something to strive for, something that's like exclusive. And like I said, extraordinary. It's like people are going to want that. They're going to want to be holy. They're going to be like, what do you have? What are you doing? All right. So I think we're at the point in the episode where we should come into agreement with what God has to say about us and with holiness. When we do that, it becomes more present in our lives. It becomes something we're more aware of. Because we're more aware of it, we're able to work on it more heartily. When we make declarations, we say them with our mouths and we pray them within our hearts. Most of the time, the declarations are from scripture and sometimes they're not. And for you to make these declarations, all you have to do is repeat after me. They will be linked in the show notes that will take you to the website that will have them all there listed for you. And that way you can return to them and you can also see the scriptures that these declarations are going to come from. And I need to, before we end, I need to thank some extraordinary people. These are our top supporting donors, Sherry, Vincent, Gina, T-Rex, Jason, Gary, and Lewis. I've said it once, I'm going to say it again and again and again and again. The show and everything that I'm able to do with the show is only possible because I get donations from listeners These are just some of our donors. They happen to be our top supporting donors. There are many other donors to the show, and I invite you to join them. If you are finding value in what I'm doing here with the Holy Spirit, you can donate at clumsytheosis.net. You can also shop, which also supports the show, which you can also find at clumsytheosis.net. And all of that's going to be in the menu on the website. Yeah, so let's slide into those declarations because I want to get to them already. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I declare and decree, I am holy. I am set apart for the glory of God. I am not of the world. I have been chosen out of the world. I am part of a holy nation called out of darkness. I am a member of the body of Christ, and that means I possess Jesus's divine grace. Jesus will always help me to be perfect like my heavenly father is perfect. Holiness is attractive. Amen. I had to throw in that last one. I just think it's, yeah. Anyways, anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Like I said, you can find all of these declarations on the website. There's a link down in the show notes that will take you to the website. And from there, you will be able to listen to the episode, find all of the quotes that I mentioned, all of the scriptures that I mentioned, these declarations. There's also on the website um, a button in the top menu where you can donate or where you can shop for Clumsy Theosis merchandise or swag, as some of my friends have started calling it. So clumsytheosis.net, there's a link down in the show notes. Until our next episode, peace out. 
Welcome to the end of the podcast. Since you made it this far, you know what that means, right? We're like totally best friends now. (laughs) But for real though, thanks so much for spending time with me and growing in your faith knowledge and letting Christ transform you. Since you stayed this long, I'm thinking that you liked the episode. So will you do me a favor and share it with a friend or all of your friends on social media. While you're online, I invite you to check out my website, clumsytheosis.net. There you're gonna find all of the things that you need, such as how to get in touch with me, how to book me as a speaker, how to find my social channels, how to sign up for our weekly email, and very importantly, this is very important, how to donate if you'd like to support the show. This show is listened to in approximately 90 countries across the globe. So if you find value in this show, please consider donating at clumsytheosis.net. Anything that you give is very much appreciated and it is super helpful. All right. Thanks again for walking with me today. Remember that we can transform the world by letting Christ transform us.